society where your brother, your sister just love us. Just love us. We're here to entertain amidst this evening of snow and cold. I am Michelle, mistress of all that is warm and savory. Gentlemen, will you introduce yourselves? Yo, 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 yo. Uh, what's up? Um, what the fuck are Eakins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. That's pretty, uh, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty popular way to, to introduce yourselves. Michelle, good to see you. I'm Matthew, Matthew Woodland for long. Uh, pleasure to be here, man. Straight from the car. Straight from the, the car's tires to your mouth. This is Ryan Arnold, and it's it's nice to be here. I am nobody's uh, any of those familial relations that you said, Michelle, but I'm, I'm like your cool aunt that will... <laughs> let you watch movies on Cinemax uh, when your mom and dad are out at the opera house. That's where they say they are, but they uh, are at Arby's. Great to be here. Great to have you. Yeah, Great to have you both. Up. Hey, listen, guys. I just want to get right into it. Let's I just want to talk about my week. Please oh, do. Uh, I got a new chapstick to crack open before we get started. This one is... Hello, chap. Santa Claus flavored. I don't think Santa I Claus flavor. Yeah, I think I I cracked open. I have a holiday pack of chapsticks for those of you who don't know. And I two weeks ago I cracked open the penguin. Last week I cracked open the reindeer. And mm. let's see what flavor old jolly Saint Krampus himself is. Ah, ho taste ho it. ho! I want you to I taste it. I was I would suspect that Santa Claus, if you were to taste him, would taste like milk and mothballs. <laughs> what what say you, panel? <laughs> I say he would taste like creme de mint. <laughs> it's uh it's it's sugar cookie flavored lip balm. That makes sense. You know what it reminds me of is when I was in my twenties, I would love a sugar cookie flavored vodka. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, they they I would always drink uh, like a, either a sugar cookie flavored vodka or the the UV company makes a birthday cake flavored vodka and uh, I would rightly get made fun of for it. That's a silly drink to order or to have. I would shamelessly I would carry I, I would take a a pint of birthday cake flavored vodka out of mm -hmm. like a like a gig bag for my guitar and be like, this is what I'm drinking, everybody. Nice. Huh. That, that's I. Here's my quick question, not to be too tangential, but um, <laughs> uh, sugar cookie and a snickerdoodle. Mm -hmm. What is the difference? Is it merely the absence of cinnamon and no. perhaps nutmeg? Michelle, thank you, <laughs> just Ryan. A, just a flat you know, out no. You could just no fault. See it. The I could, fire yeah. inside me was just rising. It's questions. like I have. I need a taste of this because I recently just made snickerdoodles as opposed to a sugar cookie, the difference between a snickerdoodle mm -hmm. and a sugar cookie has to do with the type of sugar that you use, the amount of butter that you use, and yes, there is extra cinnamon and sugar, but it's okay. also the way that you prepare the cookie, you like ball up the cookie, and then you've got to smush it down with a fork and everything. So complicated. But you know me, I like to make things complicated, Ryan, and I like to sound like I know more than I really do if I'm being honest with you two gentlemen. What do you prefer? 
sugar I prefer a snickerdoodle. I prefer a snickerdoodle for Mm. sure. What about you guys? Matt, you just learned the difference between the two. What's your preference? I got to go. Well, I got to go snickerdoodle. Uh, I mean, think um, if nothing else, how about that name? Who doesn't want to say snickerdoodle? Yeah, that's true. Snickerdoodle. My two favorite things they go that go great together. Snicker and doodle. doodle. <laughs> oh boy. And it's such a de- uh, it's such a deceptive name too because when I first heard of snickerdoodles I was expecting a snicker type kind of cookie with like the chocolate and the caramel but it's just not that but it's still delicious. I prefer it. I think Over that Joe Biden should uh, do an executive order changing the name of everything to something doodle for <laughs> uh, general <laughs> of us all. Let me give you a little example here. Gloves uh, under my administration mm-hmm. will now be called finger doodles. Finger doodles. <laughs> okay. Pair of pants. Uh, hey, give me those denim leg doodles over there. there. Right? What about what about the breed of dog known as the poodle? That's a uh, that's a curl doodle. There you go. <laughs> ah, interesting selection. Okay, perfect. Yep, it's gonna be uh, it's, yeah, it's gonna be the cool new thing by summer 2021, and then that? adults are gonna start doing it, and the kids will be like, ah, oh, it's not cool anymore. It'll be like Izzle, you know. Riddle me this. Oh, <laughs> for shizzle, my doodle. What about this? What about what about the pastry that has the um that like like icing sort of layered all over the top? What might you call that? <laughs> I think you're talking about a strudel. Strudel. I was like, what are okay. you talking about? Good for you, Ryan. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> that one can stay. <laughs> oh, thank God. Strudel doodle. Well, yeah, I'll get into maybe a a, a strudadoodle. Ooh, a, li- a little. Is that German or is that Dutch? Uh, maybe the ju- <laughs> people will there- certainly check on you to make sure you're okay every time you say it. Sorry, sir. Yeah. What, what was that? I would like the uh, uh, strudel. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> I like when a I like when a word could also double as a yodel sound. <laughs> That'll do it. That will do it. You know what I like to do to my snickerdoodles? Damn. I do a little special thing with my snickerdoodles. What do you do to them? Cast a spell over them? I do. And I make them dance into my mouth. I love it. Oh, like the the nutcracker sweet. Pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. (laughs) And And in my mouth. So what I would do to them is I would drizzle uh, chocolate, just a light little drizzle of chocolate over the top. I would do the cinnamon topping and everything, but just a little drizzle of dark chocolate, not like a sweet chocolate, but like a dark chocolate that's a little bitter over the top and not thick drizzle. Like you don't want to make it look like somebody crapped all over your cookie, but Mm. a nice pretty little thin zhuzh. We call it a zhuzh. I like it. You said cookie, but I was picturing like a a gingerbread man. Yeah, it's it's because she animamorthnamapies the cookie. So then, of course, we're gonna give whatever we're gonna give whatever the thought of the cookie. We're gonna give it feet, a face, a personality, a little this, yeah. a little that. In the same that way sense. that God created man in His image, so mm-hmm. does man to the cookie. There you go. Absolutely. All I like right. to bite. 
I like to bite the I like to bite the toes of the gingerbread man, and then I also give him a little bit. I make a a, a little caption and, and a bubble, and he just goes teehee. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me, though. That's just you. That's hilarious. You don't bite off the head or anything. A lot of people like to bite off the head. That's a real power move. Whoa, okay, King Henry the whatever. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know history, but oh, they, those kings are a lot of them. Uh, they have a propensity for thwacking off the head and or being head thwacked. Mm -hmm. If you eat the head first, then you can't hear it scream no more. <laughs> this guy was trying to chop off my head. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. Just the tip. I just mentioned. <laughs> and then he was like, what? What am I, a Native American? I'm like, whoa, that's whoa. racist. <laughs> Starting off with cookies, Matthew. How the hell did we get here? Delicious, <laughs> horrifying cookies. <gasps> Michelle, do me a favor. Tell me what, Talk Matt. About what can I do? Your week, my love. <laughs> I will talk about my week in great detail. Cause you know I got shit. Hey, everybody. It's your buddy hey. Michelle. Hey, what's up, guys? Yo, so, man. Um, How about you? You're probably sick of hearing about all this, but it's oh, yeah. like I'm a. We'll talk about my week. My I'm surrounded by female empowerment. I'm just empowering Ooh. myself to be better and better and better. And I am updating this room. You see this room? This is like my pride mm. and joy. This is my. Uh, if I were on cribs, mm -hmm. this would be the only room I'd show them. Because I think this is the only room worth showing them. Do they Quick question. Yeah. Is that, is that where either all or some of the magic happens? This is currently where all of the magic happens. And, and, by, and by magic, what are we talking about? Right now, we're talking about writing. I do my best dance moves in here if we're being okay. serious. I mean, what else can I tell you? Okay, but then there's cool, other cool. magic. There's other magic that I have yet to experience that could potentially take place in this room, I suppose. So if we're really rounding out the where the magic happens, it currently happens and will continue to happen. So that's it. Hey guys. What up? I think it's time for another uh, weekly installment of Nasty Bitch, Badass Bitch in the Kitchen. You guys ready for this shit? Oh good, let me get my popcorn. This is my favorite part. Yum, you know yum, it is, yum, Ryan. Yum, 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 yum. Hey, did Nasty Bitch ever tell you about this thing that we, that we girls have in Italy? What's that saying? What's that, man? There's a special saying that we have in Italy. I make you the meatballs. You mm -hmm. be a little, you be a little nice to me, and then I'll let you do things to me later. That that's Italian. That's what we Italian girls like to say. So along those lines of Nasty Bitch's <laughs> kitchen. Uh, I didn't make meatballs. Guess what, guys? I'm going meat-free this week. I didn't see my butcher. I'm going meat-free now for the next month or so because too much meat and I got to look sweet for that summertime. You know what I'm saying? So here's a little tip that I have for my listeners. I I categorically do not know what you're saying, but please go on. Okay. I basically am just referring to the fact that I've been doing really well with losing weight and I've got a okay. whole weight. And I'm heading there, but I'm doing it the right way by not sacrificing the stuff that I like. And I'm exercising, not like 
but this is nasty bitches kitchen so we need to talk we need to stay on par with like the the details of nasty bitches kitchen because yeah, let me yeah. tell you something she figured out something tight about tacos this week i've been making i've got my fridge set up so that way i can make tacos whenever i want i've got my crushed up black beans because if i'm going to do vegetable tacos i've got my seasoned crushed up black beans i've got my cubed butternut squashed and my cube sweet potatoes which have mm -hmm. been roasted in cumin and chili powder so mm -hmm. all my little seasonings and then all i have to do is put it on my flour tortillas which i found right. little taco size for the listeners at home i know corn tortillas are the best that's where it's at but as i mentioned in episode one corn does a number on my stomach and it doesn't right, matter if right, it's right, right. actual corn so i gotta do flour so that's what that's what's uh, new with nasty bitch's kitchen i mean she's got tacos popping left and right i could go in there and make myself a taco right now if i wanted to but i won't do that to you guys i'm not gonna do that to you guys appreciate so. that Ta taco buffet look at just easy access just how we just how we like it fellas Yep, Nasty Bitch got all sorts of easy access. And to just remind everybody, we do currently have uh, Tacos a Poppin' Nasty Bitch's Kitchen uh, t-shirts <laughs> in the merch store. That's right. <laughs> what, what? That's right. Keep those tacos a poppin'. That bitch got the spiciest taco the side of the Connecticut. Y'all don't know what's popping out of it. <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's my favorite new Buster Rhymes song when he's into club and the Cavassier's porn, and he's like, keep them tacos popping. Yeah. <laughs> Hoo yeah. Put my That's hands, hilarious. put my hands where my eyes can't see. And by, by which I mean, do me a favor and pop that taco. <laughs> Same joke, more words. <laughs> Comedy baby. Hey, showbiz. Showbiz nass. Hey yeah. everybody pretty good ass week oh do you have another do you have another segment i bet you you do uh, i was just gonna say it's time <laughs> for one more installment of michelle's apology corner oh. i know that you all love the apology corner I this week sorry i'm just adding in the, the little song i love that keep going i want to hear some of that brenda lee i'm sorry so sorry so matt manages to be a cross between brenda lee and jimmy uh what's that guy that you like olsen buffett uh, oh, right what well, all of a sudden when i make this comparison i forget the guy he was in jimmy stewart we were just talking about him right. yeah he just sounds just like jimmy stewart and brenda lee all right so this week's apology corner we're gonna we're gonna apologize a little bit to our very own Ryan Arnold. Ryan Arnold, I apologize to you a lot, I realize. And that's because you and I get into some pretty heated debates and the heat of the moment, I say things that I don't know what I'm talking about. Most recently and every time it's Chuck Bass and that's flashing something at us. <laughs> that's a pen. So, cool. So I thought it was a light for some reason. I get, I distract very easily. This is like a cat with a, like a laser pointer. Now I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, this I learned this in Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People about active listening, where you just twirl a baton. <laughs> Maybe actually, <laughs> you're on mute again. Don't do this. Don't do this again. You're on mute, Ryan. I'm watching you. You're on. I'm watching you. Don't you stay with me? All right. Okay. All right. I have a I have a little button that I accidentally pressed. Listen. 
<laughs> I don't know what you two are doing to me. The chapsticks, like the second, like you start going near your lips, I'm like, are they doing chapstick? And I'm like, white knuckling the desk, like, no, no, no. And now, and now. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think I'll be joining Matt on doing the pen thing. Okay. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> doing the pen thing. I actually, did I say Dale Carnegie? I meant the music man. 26 trombones <laughs> make the hip. Oh my God. Just call me Captain Derail. <laughs> Michelle, go on. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, uh, we had a heated day last last well the last podcast that i listened to anyways about chuck bass uh-huh. and i just want you to know from gossip gonna, girl from gossip girl yes from gossip girl. <laughs> from gossip girl he's a rapist he's Ooh. he's a rapist i'll say it all right his character is a little rapey like you mentioned yep. i'll admit it ryan because i did some real deep thinking if i'm going to take on this persona or not a persona but if i'm really gonna work on myself to be the woman of my dreams i heard that on tv i'm working to be the woman of my dreams mm-hmm. then i need to really encompass that and drooling over men like chuck bass it's not a form so as of tonight as of right now i'm letting it go so there's no more no more chuck bass standard ryan i'm no. sorry for standing up for him so heartily he's a bad guy and now he's gone He's no longer the standard for which others are held to. So you're saying you don't think that he made up for those first two seasons in the latter several seasons uh, with him? I mean, so I haven't, I think I watched the show in 2014, so it's been a while, but my recollection about Chuck Bass is that even after he becomes not actively uh, violent, he still is like kind of distant and he does try to, for instance, use his vast wealth that he's completely inherited and for the most part pissed away for some good more than evil. But uh, my takeaway is that he's still like a, uh, like a brat character that is also a rapist. So I, con- I, say, I would say take that apology and rather than give it to me, give it to Chuck Bass's fictitious victims because he's fictitious, not that just his victims are. And yeah. Uh, and may our fictitious thoughts and prayers go out to them and their families. I like that, Ryan. A lot of class right there, buddy. Okay, well, you guys are saying Chuck Bass. Is that the is that the the Backstreet Boy that was trying to get to the moon? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's. Have you ever seen in a novelty store they have a fish that comes alive when you press its button? And <laughs> oh it, yeah, it sings you a song. That is uh, Chuck Bass. Yeah, they sing that. Yeah, they just sing that really popular uh, uh, Talking Heads uh, I'm sorry. cover song. Chuck Bass is uh, the what? opener for Larry the Cable Guy, and he's a, a very short stand-up oh. comedian that uh, always performs in fishing waders, and he comes out with a fishing pole, and he goes, Hello, everybody. I'm Chuck Bass. You guys ready to have a, a good old tater fight tonight? Hee-haw! <laughs> Chuck Bass. <laughs> What? Wait, wait, wait. Chuck Bass. Is he that karate guy? Yeah. <laughs> Cobra Kai. Oh, wait, Cobra Ryan. Kai? Ryan, you had the wrong name. You're thinking uh, Bill Enville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, isn't that one of those one of those things that a blacksmith uses to make swords? 
I love we have we have a, a the world's most incredibly loose free association, and they're all with our own individual standards. <laughs> so we're not coming. We're literally having three completely separate conversations. And to the like to the naked eye, it'd be like, oh, they're they're deep in conversation, really riffing, but we're completely, literally, and figuratively and emotionally in separate areas right now. And I just wanted to point that out. But and I think it's hey. I think it's wonderful. That's a skill. I also learned that from uh, Dale Carnegie. That's astute. Well, Matthew, then mm. maybe you can uh, talk about your week a little bit. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Talk about. I can it. talk about. Uh, yeah, guys. So <laughs> thanks thanks for uh, thanks for for having me. I'm gonna so. <laughs> Anyways, this week I've just been kind of like, you know, doing my thing, just playing some chess, you know, trying to be the best version of myself. And uh, wait, what's up? Wait, guys, I just heard the doorbell ring. Wait, hold on. I got to answer this, guys. Yeah, you better get it. Wh who are you? Hello, I'm Sylvia Plath, the mouse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Now, is that just a regular mouse named Sylvia Plath, or is that the famous writer Sylvia Plath uh, embodying a mouse? Who is one of my literary heroes, but thank what? you, go ahead. That mouse is? Wow. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, thank you so much for asking. I am one in the same Sylvia Plath. <laughs> I'm the one who made Suicide flirtatious and cheeky. <laughs> I wanted only Sylvia Plath. How are you guys this evening? <laughs> but I am come back as a mouse, as you can plainly see. <laughs> Somebody get her a nice poison cheese. Oh, oh, don't. Tempt me, bad boy. <laughs> I enjoy suicide and I love and appreciate the sex appeal that goes with predicting your own demise at your own hand, or should I say paw, or whatever a mouse has, per se. <gasps> Sylvia Plath, the mouse here. I have to tell you, ever since the advent of the electronic stove, I've had a lot less success with suicide. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried time and time again to slurp my head into the toaster too much of no avail. <laughs> Sylvia Plath, the mouse, thank you. Sylvia Plath, can I can I ask you if you've tried something? Oh, I would like to extend the floor to a one Michelle Tallarico dirty bitch. Oh, thank you. Sylvia, I appreciate that. I feel like, you. yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like, I, I mean, I first of all, Sylvia, I love your unabridged journals. I read them on the bus on my way to work after my cat died every single day. It was just, it kind of got me through, even though it was really depressing. And uh, the bell jar, Sylvia, the bell jar. Uh, unabridged, unabridged. I thought, I thought she stuck her head in the oven. <laughs> <laughs> and don't say the word cat, not around me, Sylvia. Oh, mouse. Sorry, I need sensitivity training, Sylvia. But here's, I was wondering, do you know that if you take an electric appliance while you're in water and you just drop it, you'll get electrocuted and that's it, Sylvia. You could try that. 
Oh, I, I prefer suicide with a lot more poetry than the old oh. zippy zappy water routine. I am the great writer, poet Sylvia Plath. And I, although I be a mouse, it doesn't mean that I don't hold myself to a higher standard, Michelle. Oh, of course. I apologize, Sylvia. I shouldn't have thought such. I really, that's why they call me nasty bitch, I guess. But, uh. Sylvia, I really think it's interesting that you found your way into this individual's uh, vehicle. He's uh, lactose intolerant and doesn't have cheese if you ever need it. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, guys, <laughs> somebody else has just entered my house. Wow, who is it? No! Hello, my name is Marbles. Yeah! Marbles! Uh, in a minute. What a tarnation is this? <laughs> Miniature cat smaller than me? Hello, Sylvia. My <laughs> name is Marbles. I wonder if they're going to well, get along. I'm a bit of a cat who's, well, hit a little bit of ill fortune myself. I have to fend for scraps. I've grown up predominantly in an orphanage built for cats. And well, frankly, I've had a bout of depression and suicidal ideology myself, Sylvia. Ooh, is that so? Yes. <laughs> I hope one of I hope one of the co-hosts of Dirty Stayouts will help save Matthew from this situation he's gotten himself into you. Oh, no. <laughs> well, just call us the emo Tom and Jerry. <laughs> I also, I have forgotten what my voice sounds like because Matthew isn't so diligent about listening to the back catalog of Dirty Style Podcasts. <laughs> and thus the through line is, is straight and best. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, you know, despite all her rage, she had to say it. Don't say it. That's all I got. <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, marbles. Yes. I mean, first I want to say good to see you again. I'm marbles. You are marbles, yeah. And uh, I mean, wh where where have you been? Where do you go? Like, why is where? I mean, most cats can find food in alleys and they can fend for themselves. Yeah, what's your problem? You had I... a huge mouse sitting in front of you. That's like friggin' that could feed like ten marbles. Don't talk about Sylvia Plath that way. Uh, oh, Sylvia, darling, I'm so sorry, Sylvia Plath. I, I'm just, I, I'm a little more well-versed with marbles than I am with you. I, I mean, I've known marbles a little longer. I'm sorry, Sylvia, no disrespect. I just... Hello, I'm marbles, and the reason I cannot find stray food or scraps in an alley is because I come from Nebraska, where there is nary an alley to find. Oh, no. Oh, no. The birthplace of the uh, the Reuben? 
And you can't find a scrap of a... That is the cruel irony, the one and the same. Cats can't survive on kraut alone. That's true. That's okay. true. I can see that. Okay. In lieu of having a, 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 a anywhere to go with this routine, Wrap I would like to, <laughs> I would like to, I would like to uh, ask Sylvia if she would grew, uh, join me in a suicide pact. Ooh, that sounds ever so intriguing, Mister Orbals. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> uh, uh. All right, they uh, they just had uh, some, they just swallowed some real just uh, quick release Excedrin, and they they both perished. Wow, just some regular Romeo and Juliet. Those that two. was amazing. Well, um, yes, I mean, sorry about the uh, the interruption there, guys, but uh, yeah, I mean, mostly I've just been playing chess, just doing me, just you know, just fuck it, just you know, trying to be the best. Trying to be the dream woman that I can be, or whatever. Yep. All right, Let thank me, you guys. Oh, and what? how? Uh. Dream, oh. dream it. Uh, dream your own dream. Uh, find a scheme, split a seam, uh, light a beam. It's not a bad thing. Flavor, flav. Hey, hey, get out your get out your knitting needles because I'm a dream weaver. Oh, uh, is knitting and weaving related? I think uh, so. Thank you. To an extent, Ryan, go ahead. You're always more. You always you always think. But I always am like, yeah. But you think more than I do before you speak. So there, uh, I I don't think more than anybody before I contemplative. I, I'm a creature mm -hmm. of complete uh, intuition. I have no. I'm like a goldfish. I'm like that guy from Memento. I just... <laughs> Was that guy from Memento a goldfish? <laughs> Can you yeah, tattoo oh, a goldfish? I love that. I love Dory Ooh. from the movie Memento. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Is that it, Matt? Are you just kind of figuring yourself out and everything? Yeah, man, my week is I'm just like doing me, just like trying to, like, you know, be the best version of myself I can be. I'm just trying to, you know, be a good son, a good father, you know, a good brother, a good sister, a good mother, a good saint, I'm uh, a good bitch, you know? Yeah, I got you. Real good bitch. Right. Right. All right, thanks. Uh, yeah, that's that's my talk about my week. I wonder, Ryan, do you... Talk about your week if it's if it's not too much to ask. Wow, my week. Uh, <laughs> I you guys notice you get old and you have like more aches and pains and you uh, it makes you think about your own mortality. Mm. Yes, I go through that. You know, you get older, you have uh, like a like a back pain. Like you gotta you gotta ice it down and stuff. That's not too interesting. Did you guys did you guys <laughs> hear, hear that that screech from Saved by the Bell died? today yes i didn't hear he died i heard uh, uh i heard that he was gonna die <laughs> no he's uh damn he's, he's dead poor poor screech right they weren't even uh including him in the the new saved by the bell that they're doing he's just uh poor guy just dead <laughs> just a well hey at least um uh well at least uh at least he'll be known um, as Screech 
forever. Do you think, okay, do you think his gravestone is going to say Screech on it? <laughs> I think so. I feel like, I mean, that's his, that's his claim to fame. If it doesn't, I'd be surprised. But didn't he also have like a falling out with all the other uh, people on Saved by the Bell? Because Yeah. He, uh, got- he talked shit about them, and then he, uh, uh, let's see, he talked shit about them. He wrote, like, a tell-all book, and then he, he's, you know, he wrote this tell-all book, and then when they all got mad at him, he was like, well, it was ghost-written. I didn't even bother writing it myself, and same deal. They, uh, he released a sex tape in 2006, and then when Oprah Remember asked that? him about it, he was like, that wasn't even my dick, and it's like, I don't know that I don't know if it makes it that much better to be like, oh, fake dick celebrity sex tape. That's way more. I don't know. I just you feel bad. I I think he was one of those Macaulay Culkin types that, you know, he's a child actor and he gets sort of taken for a ride by his parents, because if you're a child actor, they're paying your mom and dad and not you. So and, uh, you know, he does that show for like 10 or 12 years or however long it was on the air. And then you get typecast. You can't get acting i don't know it's just a it's it's like such a sad uh uh thing that happens and then he spent the the latter half i think doing the uh washed up sitcom star that becomes a stand-up comedian and was just touring uh as that like in a you know one of those tiny hatchback cars i imagine (laughs) wow who was he? What was the big the big celebrity boxing match? Was that a, who did he go against? Oh yeah, uh, Horseshack from from Welcome Back, oh, Cotter. Was, oh okay. Holy crap! That you did guys he, remember that? Did he prevail? Uh, I'll let you know. I think uh, he got beat. Jeez, I was trying to find one little up. one moment of joy in, in his life. Screech! That's the sound that the the uh, the the the. the, the no, I um I, I'm trying to think of a trying to think of a cool like guy. Uh, his name is Screech and he's dead joke, but um Screech, hold on. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Screech, Screech, he's dead. We're glad he's dead because right. f- fucking Dustin Diamond, because it's like the coal that is his life. If you press it enough, uh Screech. Um if nah, you're doing it, it as like a slam poem, you could be like, Dustin mm-hmm. die, man. Now you die, man. Yeah, pretty wow. cool. You know, like that slam poetry style from Who Married a, an Axe Murderer? That Mike yeah. Myers movie. Whoa, man. Yeah. Whoa, man. Yeah. That was, that was a good... That was during the 90s before he got all... Did Mike Myers get a bunch of plastic surgery or is he just aging weird? Mm, he did that Cat that's... in the Hat movie and now that's just what he looks like all the time. <laughs> yeah. He does look a little... Uh... Sometimes they look a little Botoxy, you know, like they've had some injections going on all through here. I kind of feel like he wouldn't give back the tail. <laughs> so, Michelle, you were talking about I want to go back to the Chuck Bass thing really quick, because you were it took it took some courage <laughs> for, you to, for you to say that uh, I was wrong about this and that, uh, you know, you got to go back and sort of revise how you feel about things i don't know if you guys read any of these stories that came out today uh involving our our uh frequently talked about marilyn manson yeah i saw that i missed all this guys i'm having some really conflicted feelings about it because uh people get canceled all the time 
And it's all fun and games until it's somebody you're really invested in. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then you got some decisions to make. And then you have like this this interesting thing where you're like, am I going to denounce somebody's uh, body of work because it turns out that they might be up to some shenanigans? And before I even <laughs> go through those details. <laughs> I also think that uh, I'm going to compare this to like some of the other canceled celebrities, like let's say like a Bill Cosby, who I think the reason he gets canceled so heavily is because he uh, presented himself as as like really clean and mm -hmm. wholesome. And then it turns out he was a dirtbag. So here's my question. What happens well, if you've been presenting yourself as a dirtbag <laughs> and then people are like, oh, my God, it turns out you're kind of a dirtbag like. Is it? It's a little better than if you misrepresented yourself as like wholesome family entertainment, right? Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, because Marilyn Manson was—he's like, I'm, I'm a demon. Like, like that's how he presented himself. So, so just being like a, uh, a, a fallible human—that's a step up from like how he was putting himself out in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I was surprised. I, I actually I was a little surprised when I saw the news story because I always felt like in all like I've seen some documentaries with uh, him in it. I think the I think it was Bowling for Columbine that I saw him mm -hmm. in, and you know when you hear him talk, he's such an intelligent guy, and he's you know at that point that was a moment where I was like, so everything that he is on stage, you know he you know he has this image and everything like that he's very intelligent and he knows exactly what he's talking about just like one of these people that's just really smart and everything and then you know then this this kind of comes out and you know you're like well i thought that they were this but then it's you know it's, it's a little disappointing i don't know if it makes it any better i think it's just kind of like you were really hoping that that was really who they were like they you know if, and, if, if you didn't have time to to read the article uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who was Marilyn Manson's girlfriend for a time, uh, came out with this statement and said I was in a really abusive relationship with him during which he like locked me in a room and tied me up and took pictures of me without my he did a bunch of real bad stuff. It seems yeah. like and, uh, none of the stuff I'd be surprised by. But my point is that so I think they're going to cancel him in a lot of ways. I mean, he's I don't think he's on a major label anymore the way he was in the 90s, but his uh, U.S. label has dropped him as of today and they're not going to be promoting him anymore. And I am in this really uh, I don't know how to feel about it because I'm a big you know supporter. And what happens when somebody that has been telling you their whole career, they're like, oh, I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy and uh, you know, I I do a lot of fucked up shit and I do drugs and I drink and I, I hurt people. Do they get any less canceled or I don't know how to feel. You know, you wanna make apologies for people that you're fans of, but you don't, you know, uh, you can't do that in perpetuity, so. I think that it's, if it's somebody that you really care about, like if it's a performer that you really care about, I had Ryan Adams, Ryan Adams. I love Ryan Adams. He, mm. something similar came out about him where he was uh, soliciting sex online with other girls, like younger women, like aspiring musicians. And he had been taking advantage of them and, you know, making them promises and all that. But there was also a lot of like manipulation and all that. So these 
women came out against him saying that while he was married to Mandy Moore and stuff, they experienced this kind of abuse online with him. And, you know, some of the girls were underage even too. And he kept, you know, they had emails where he was like, don't tell your mom that we're, you know, talking about this, or I showed you this picture, things like that. And I think it's a process. My point is, I think it's a process, Ryan. Like you want to right now decide how you feel about him and you want to decide all these things. And it's really hard because you appreciate, appreciate him as a musician, but he's showing himself to be kind of a bad person. And like, how do you reconcile that? And that's kind of where a lot of people are. You know? It's it's almost like easy when it's someone who's dead because they try to cancel people who are dead a lot already. You know, they'll go mm -hmm. back and they'll be like, Citizen Ca Orson Welles, we need to cancel that guy. Yeah. And I don't care about that because I'm not putting any money in their pockets, you know, or tacitly supporting their lifestyle. But uh, when somebody is current and active and you have to decide like, well, if I, if I keep, uh, you know, if I keep paying, paying their, their bills, it'll just, uh, they'll just keep constructing secret dungeon rooms to lock ladies in. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be paying for no lady dungeons in the Hollywood Hills. You know what I mean? For other people. And, and she was holding this in for a long time. I mean, that's serious stuff that she was holding in for so long. I mean, I don't know. It was forever ago since they dated. So like she had all this stuff locked up inside of her that she is just letting out now. Like what was the catalyst for it coming out now? You know? Yeah. It's like, hello. Uh, we, uh, where were you in 2017? Am I right? We had a one year, we had a window when all this stuff comes up and then it's closed. <laughs> no, we're not, not still doing this. <laughs> you had to jump. You had to get it in. I think uh, it, it is like a, the IRS. <laughs> yeah. It's not that. It's not necessarily that. But for the extent of what she, I just, I, I just, women who hold these things in so long, I just am. Uh, I'm in awe of them that they can be that strong and not say anything. I'm not saying there's a window when you have to say that. That wasn't my point, but it's just like. Well, then I watched, you know, more uh, like three, three or four other women come forward and say, I have an identical story yeah. uh, to, to her within like yeah. hours. It's like, yeah. And I think it's, I mean, the thing is, I mean, something that I, what I've discovered, like, I don't think, like, I don't think uh, certain aspects of somebody negates other aspects of somebody like i think like i think that all the truths are going to be he could have this is all terrible behavior and his relationship with women is all terrible his body of work and all the things that are value about marilyn manson completely stand still like i don't i, I kind of reject the premise like oh because of this then it negates like other stuff and then mm -hmm. it's hard and then i also think is like our our relationship with these people that we idolize is i think sometimes some people mistakenly and they think like they really get behind who they think like I'm behind this person all the way as a person and they don't really understand the extent of what it is to be a fan because we're a fan of the aspects of Marilyn Manson that we really like and like that is like that's like that's like what we're into and like I I, I would say like all that remains like the, the Woody Allen movies that I love still remain like that's mm -hmm. like there's there's no denying like like I still find the things I found about Louis CK like like very funny and like all these things and um, I always and I always liked how Harvey uh, Firestein uh, uh, raped women I always and that still remains to this day. <laughs> um, but I might but 
<laughs> not, not even the right Harvey. I was trying to debate in my head, like, how can I? It's like I know I'm leading up to this joke, and I know it's horrible, and it's not going to work. And then, but maybe it'll be funny if I change it to Harvey Firestein. Maybe yeah. that'll make it funny. <laughs> my book, my David. <laughs> you never listen to my David. What movie is that from? <laughs> Independence Day. Thank you. <laughs> but. And I, I think it is hard because then, but then it's like, all right, as the fan, it's like, okay, there's, there's all these truths. Like, yeah, the thing, the Cosby show is objectively great. Uh, a lot of Bill Cosby's behaviors. Cause I think the thing is people, humans, we want to be able to just sum up and just sort of put everything against each other and just sum up a very specific, specific objective opinion of like what this person is. And the problem is all these truths all live in tandem. And it, then that's what makes it difficult to reconcile. Bill Cosby's mm -hmm. great and, ter and terrible, ter great behavior, terrible behavior all at once. And a lot of these people have all this stuff all at once. So th then it is like, okay, with this information, but then it's like, how do I, how do I remain being a fan of the things I'm a fan of Marilyn Manson, but then, but then it is like Ryan brought up a great point, but it's like, but I don't exactly maybe feel good about like financially supporting him, like in some way, because also like it's, it is hard because it's also like this is these are very. What it really bugs me is when people defend like they they'll minimize like um, the stuff that these people have done because of holding in such high regard. Like like a lot of the like people's defense of Louis C.K. was like, was pretty much just like, he's so funny that I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter. This stuff is so minimal is because he's such a great, like he's, he's so, he's such a great comic. So therefore he must be such a cool, great guy, which is, I don't know. It, it's a hard thing to reconcile. I definitely, mm -hmm. one thing I've reconciled for myself is like, like the thing the art that i like from these people i still like like there's not like that's not a thing it doesn't exactly like connect to that like his personal behavior doesn't make me not like antichrist superstar like i don't think mm -hmm. that's how things work mm -hmm. but i don't have an answer but i do have a uh i can pontificate you've got some insights some insights on how to deal with it that's pretty insightful thank you you're welcome you're welcome it's a, tough thing. it's a tough thing but I, I mean same thing like with the ryan adams thing i still listen to his albums i still like his music like he's got so much good music out there that i really like that's you know over the years that's spoken to me and just you know you just make the choice to continue to appreciate the artwork and it's know? also cause then there is like a like how connected <laughs> is the art to the to the person and i feel like it's it's kind of harder for like comedians it's harder to like get distance from that because people mm -hmm. have decided that 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 it's like an extension of their personality is their art i feel like there's with some Marilyn Manson, especially with music like like ryan adams like those songs are almost completely disconnected like once the songs are out there the art is this this thing unto itself that mm -hmm. is very loosely if at all connected to the artist once it's already yeah. out there which is i don't know i guess there's different ways i i there's no objective truth, I guess. Well, you like no, connect to somebody's artwork. It makes you feel like you're connected to them, even if, you know, like you say, hmm. there's there's like a huge chasm in between because a song or even if you're talking about an actor, you know, the character that they play, it's something you connect with and you're like, oh, that's that's like me or this made me feel that way. And so now I, you know, associate 
this uh, this artist with it and and so you you bring all these like emotions into it which by their nature are kind of illogical yeah yes yeah you're defending you're almost defending your own like nostalgia for your powerful emotional experiences way more than you would be defending like a person and their their terrible behavior because you don't like like personally speaking i don't like the idea of having to let go of because it's almost like admitting that like oh anybody could just be gone for you know if you took a close enough look at anybody you would see something i mean not everybody probably has a like a i don't know if it's a if it was a dungeon or uh uh i'm unclear on that i, I what <laughs> kind of secret room uh one of the statements i i read one of the girls was like we were out on a date and then i i like woke up in a room that i was unfamiliar with like tied up and he was like taking pictures of me mm. and uh i mean that sounds horrifying mm-hmm. i would oh my god i i I think that he'd kill me next. That's like, that's where your thought would go next is like, am I going to die in this room? Well, and maybe the the bigger thing to take away from that is like, what do you want society when you like create like mentally ill people? Like, I don't think there's any point during his whole career that you would have been like, what? Like, you're just creating like more and more of a, uh, you know, a uh, a situation where it's permissible to go off the rails all the time. And mm-hmm. uh you know, it's sort of like how you take a band like uh, like Motley Crue, for example, and through today's eyes, we're like, oh, that's adorable. Look at Motley Crue. Look at Tommy Lee, like a big rascal. But like, that's a guy who's done some fucked up stuff, you know, but society mm-hmm. is just like, we'll just kind of cartoonize you. And uh, I mean, it's it's you don't necessarily want to think about all the all the bad stuff uh, our musical <laughs> musical heroes have done. And there's always time, you know, there's always time, time passes, you know, and like going back to Matt's, you know, statement about how tethered is this artwork to the actual artist and at what point can you just kind of disassociate it from them and just appreciate the art for what it is. I think that's that comes along with this maybe case in time too, because I feel like sometimes like the more an art the art just kind of ages, the more untethered it becomes to the artist because the artist is always changing and things like that. I don't know how far off I am with that, but that's kind of like my gut instinct about these things is just that, you know, when it's a musician and, you know, you'll probably wait, you know, it'll probably be a few years down the road, but you'll listen to it again without having a thought of, am I doing something wrong? You know, I don't know if that's necessarily what anybody would think right now if they've listened to one of his songs, but you know, there's that stigma now kind of attached to it, I guess, um, really. But, you know, people who really li- like his music will just probably keep listening to it. Yeah, I probably still will. I definitely still will. But uh, I'll, I'll be a little conflicted about it, sure. I think, yeah. I think there is a perfect way to be as a fan. I think it's key not to be not to defend the person's behavior because the art is so cool. But then, and then to have just a little bit of tinge, acknowledge that you're conflicted. I think Ryan, all you have to do is bring, by bringing this to the podcast and acknowledging that you're conflicted, you're also absolving yourself of any uh, like uh, aiding and abetting in this situation. I think you've done everything. You've you've literally done more than (laughs) you could possibly do. You're clear in my book. And that's the thing, just bring it to like-minded friends that'll be like, yeah, you're good, buddy. But there's something, there's something to be said about like the the persona, like Marilyn Manson, 
Manson like presenting himself in such a way because like if, if this was heard about Ryan Adams was specifically doing this it would feel like almost like way more evil and that's why I think like a way like like pretty much Gigi Allen gets away with everything because he was so just like so completely unabashed about everything up front it's like yeah. Yeah, it's like for anyone to even be like, you know, Gigi Allen didn't really treat people with uh, with as much respect as he possibly could. It's like it's so it's like that. He, it's so like he so owned all his behavior in such like uh, in your face way that it's like he pretty much like he's not exactly. It's never like you're going to like Gigi Allen is just like such a symbol unto like that behavior and like the whole thing that there's nothing like there's like almost like if, if you're just like there's no you could never like get you could never like tag anything on a, like uh, a character like that that's a good example that's like a really good analogy but to also to my point gg allen is dead so i don't feel like the <laughs> like if gg allen was going around today grabbing ladies by the hair uh <laughs> you know and shoving shit in their face as he did in life uh, <laughs> Then so I then cool. I might feel a little bit more conflicted about giving my uh, my money to Gigi Allen in order to finance his continued lifestyle. I would love. Oh, I, I love. I I just go. I go periodically. I go on those like endless loops and just watching those like all the talk shows he's been on. Oh, and just yeah. like his like his like teenage like lady fans coming up and like defending, <laughs> like defending his behavior. I'm just like, he's just like, hey. I, it's just like yeah listen if i'm if i'm going to a gg allen show and he forces himself sexually upon me that's exactly what i asked for <laughs> and like they say that with the world's biggest smile on their face just like oh my what kind of crazy world it's like he did somehow he like he like changed the rules of society just in the microcasm of his concerts it's just like it because it's just like you know what I kind of, you kind of can't go against, he is kind of like invincible with his like, <laughs> with like, with, with uh, everything he says. It's like, well, this is the, oh, what happened? She's, she's on a pee break. Oh, sweet. She held up, she held up a, a piece of paper. Yeah. I, would be I was trying to like... seamlessly move it through <laughs> so that, that the audience didn't have to know, but now they're all, now they're all picturing it. Uh, I no, would that's be the worst. That's a good that's a good example about like uh, if you if you prepare the audience for what they're going to get, then you can't be that vilified for then delivering it. Yes. But it's easier if you're dead because then there's no it's conflict yeah. about financing your I mean, I have to think that I at least partially paid for one of those sex dungeons with uh concert revenue and uh and the like yeah and that's, probably I overthinking mean, it <laughs> that's actually kind of yeah that, that's that's yeah that that'd be an interesting uh go fund me <laughs> i mean uh i i i still always i could always appreciate michael jackson's music even though when they were like that's the biggest one that I struggle with, Ryan. I love his catalog. I love Michael Jackson. Like I grew up a big Michael Jackson fan. <laughs> you and me both, brother. Like I love everything that he does. He's just like one of the, these people that are so brilliant and so talented. Everything he touched turned to gold. Like 
all his music. Well, all right. God, not well. everything he touched. All right. Maybe not everything. Jeez Louise. Me and my words, huh? Back so, back. How, how did my son get this gold butthole? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, uh, you got some splaining to do. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist, is what Michael Jackson said. You guys, you, guys, do you guys remember the 90s, how prevalent Michael Jackson jokes really were? You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. are, what is, do you remember any of them? Do you well, remember? Because there were some popular let's ones. Let's see, I mostly remember, do you hear they're having a Michael Jackson sale at Kmart? Little boy's yes. pants are half off. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one. Yeah. I uh, mean, I'm trying ahead. to I'm trying to remember the, remember a second one. I think there was I can't remember if it was a joke or a nursery rhyme where I want to say Michael Jackson has sex with his pet chimp Bubbles, and then <laughs> oh my God. and then maybe gets some kind of venereal disease from Bubbles the chimp, and it might be to the theme of uh, Popeye the Sailor Man. I can't think. <laughs> I don't remember the setup, but there was definitely a million punchlines that were blowing bubbles. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's right. That's, okay, that's the one. Sure. That's right. Blowing bubbles. <laughs> and I don't remember how they got there, but oh, those, the, the Lenos and Letterman's alike, they always got there. Blowing bubbles, says, blowing bubbles, uh, that. Hey, guys, speaking of blowing. How about we perform? Yeah. Let's do performance. Oh, let's do it. No, no, no. no. I, yeah. What is I, wrong with me? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're a little off. You are a little off base. The train is <laughs> off the tracks, everybody. It's too late. We're performing. <laughs> We're performing. No, where's my Pico? Where's the chip again? If anybody's keeping no. track as to whether my kombucha is suitable to open yet, I want to assure everybody that it is not. Oh, wait. Oh, it... baby. Oh, come on. I think it's, is it going to, oh, it's bubbling, but it, all right, I win. That was a suspense. That was wow, it was, suspense. wow, it was touch and go there for a moment. <laughs> I, I'm on the seat, of, I'm on the edge of my seat. Hey, you may have paid for the whole thing, but you merely need the edge. Row Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> All right. Is the All train right. back on the tracks now? It is. We're not skipping Pico. Forget about skipping Pico. We're gonna the, do. Michelle, timestamp that last because you're gonna. We're gonna need a, a four-page apology next week <laughs> for this. You... Uh... I will trade you one dare for your apology. Are you serious? So I could dare you to do something right now. Yep. Oh fuck. Oh, no. Yo, get them. Yo, let's I, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, Michelle, but let's But no, uh, I kind of want I, a little I, side I want your help, Matt. I want a little uh any way that we could Yeah. Sidebar. What do you what do you recommend? Dude, you know, you I'm a one-trick pony, man. I always have the same suggestion. Fucking somehow get that schlong out here. No! <laughs> his kid's there! Come on, Michelle. Let's get that. 
right. With your and my powers combined, we can. I don't. I. I have all this talk about uh, sex crimes and. Uh, yeah, it's not a good like lead men. through. And then you know what happened after the hour long uh, lead up about sex crimes. <laughs> it's just another. <laughs> Another case of powerful men just abusing their privileges and foisting yeah. their nice tonight, juicy schlongs in front of us. Tonight on the Dirty <laughs> Stay Outs, we talk about sex crimes and then in a completely unrelated uh, turn of events. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really blame Ryan, though. He was raised on Michael Jackson, so. Ain't that all <laughs> away. All right, so I'm gonna actually I'm gonna take a rain check on your dare because I want right. it I want that pocketed for a day when we're all back in the fungalow. Because right. I actually oh, was God. just trying to go along with it. What I originally had meant was the opposite was that if you feel like you need to apologize, you can just right. give me one less dare. Mm -hmm. Oh. But then Oh, but that's the, what you meant. But then when you misinterpreted, I was like, Oh, that's a fun idea too. So I just went with it. You uh, really did. In the spirit of yes. yeah, because I want to yeah. make it a good. I want to make it a good pod. I care about. Do it. you know what I listen I, a lot when I listen to the pods? I hear a lot of times where I don't under. I don't get it. There's where I'm very ditzy and I don't get it. Like I'm the ditzy stay out. Like if we were all like sporty spice, scary spice, baby spice. You'd hey, that's a good question. You'd be question. naive, naivete spice. I would be naivete spice. Mm. Mm hmm. You got that right, Matt. Well, like, it was good in Moroccan food. <laughs> You know me. <laughs> uh, oh, Michelle. what was like? I was. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go if ahead. This fan's Moroccan. Don't come a knocking. Oh, there you go. You got no. it. <laughs> keep on Moroccan, me baby. I, I like that. <laughs> I keep wanting your geniuses to rub off on me, like your genius brains. And oh, your canceled. Thing. Oh, Jesus. You know what? That's not. Moroccan the Casbah, Moroccan the Casbah. What else? Hey, come on, guys. Enough clashing. All right. Instead, let's pico our topic, which this evening, listeners, we already did. And this evening's pico is busted and busted. We're going to share with you the times where we were busted masturbating, having sex, peeing, and then when we got busted, busted, we got our asses busted and broke some bones. So this is going to be a nice little uh, visceral pico. No. Can, I some... just can I just tell you what thought I had across my mind? What? I just thought, what a stupid podcast. Matthew! <laughs> I don't really feel that way, but it was just a funny thought that <laughs> there's an argument scamp. to be made. There's an argument to be made. There it was there. Oh. Oh. All right, guys. I love it. Welcome back Busted. to the Neverland Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> you know where every where everything is hidden, Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. oh god i feel so loopy and i wonder if i have an exhaust leak <laughs> oh no i hope not all right how yeah i feel like we should come up with a contingency plan for matt because he's kind of out there so like if he ever needs rescue or ryan or i like ryan you and i are like on dispatch patrol yeah yeah whatever <laughs> 
all right, Matt, you're sitting there laughing at us. Guess who's going to do that? You are up first for Pico, my friend, because I feel like you have quite a bit to say about this subject. I am sure you do. Tales of ribaldry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is busted and busted, where where you're busted in public, having sex, master uh, debating, pissing, or busted busted, which is where you got, like, you busted a bone. Am I, is that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is the premise. (laughs) That is what we're talking about. Pretty, all right. Nice broad range. Premise. Oh, okay, guys. All right, so busted one time. This is this is this is kind of a brag. This, I'll just get this out of the way quick. But one time I was um, having a sensual encounter in a body of water at night, um, and frankly, my partner and I were uh, nude. <laughs> you you got right? Not bad, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes when I have sex, I do it while nude. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy like that, and. And the and uh, two police mans came, and they came up to the water with their big (laughs) bright flashlights, as the police do. And here's the thing: our clothing was nowhere near where we were, and they insisted (laughs) on on shining their big flashlights on us for the entire catwalk to the clothes. And if you know anything about Matthew, he is um, not particularly bashful. And frankly, these policemen were playing right into his cards because he is, <laughs> he is what we call an exhibitionist perv. <laughs> so I was really, I was really uh, taking my time wandering back to the clothes. Uh, the person I was there with didn't exactly sh- uh, share all my propensity, so she was a little none too. She was none too pleased. <laughs> in a lot of respects but that was a very fun um but that was just that that's not really a good story because it's pretty i mean it's kind of good but it's also just kind of like it's not like it's not a it doesn't really have self-deprecating but here's you guys this is the story that really changed the trajectory of my life i used to be younger and i had um i had a 88 toyota hatchback and I had a stack, this is the early 2000s, could be 2001, 2002, never forget. Um, and I had a stack of what we like to call Hustler magazines in the back of my car. Um, and I would always, my thing is, I always, I never really had a private room to my, I was still, I think, living at home, but I never really had a private room per se. And my mom always ran a daycare and I was working third shift. So my places to masturbate were drive my car <laughs> until I find what I seemingly an abandoned cul-de-sac or just some dirt road. And so it was, you know, slightly risky behavior. And anyway, so at one point I found, I was at this dirt road and I parked, I backed my car into what seemed to be an even more dirt, dirty road, like even less kempt. And there I am and I'm working and I'm, frankly, I'm masturbating. I'm looking at some magazines. I'm just a boy being a boy. Can't a boy just be a boy anymore? And this man (laughs) drives up on me and happens upon me in his big old, what we like to call a pickup truck. 
And so there I am just staring face to face, eye to eye with this man. He seemed to be a bit of a farm man, if I uh, just to paint a picture, like a, like a farmer, if you will. So there I am and he's blocking my escape and I'm trying to drive away. My pants are still kind of like, and it's hard for me to navigate the pedals a little bit. And this is one of those cars with, uh, I guess you could call it a joystick uh, 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 standard. It had a clutch. And um, so I'm having trouble. I'm sort of like having a tough time driving and navigating around this guy who is just standing his ground in his pickup truck. And he just see, and he just has this, this expressionless face on me. And I get around him and I somehow leave and I'm just like, huh, that's the darnest thing. And the guy just continues to drive down that um, dirt road. Um, smash cut <laughs> to a few days later, I find out that that man went down that road and hung himself. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And, what? and I don't, I know correlation doesn't necessarily what? equal causation, but I like to feel that I was his last sign from God in his decision-making process of shall he kill himself. That was the masturbation that took a man's life. Thank you, guys. Victimless crime, I say not. So my question about that would be, did the guy, in the guy's decision-making process, if it was, I saw this kid masturbating so well that I was like, life has lost all meaning and I just want to die right here or alternatively i was driving by and i saw this kid masturbating so poorly that i thought there is no uh hope for the human race and i might as well just extinguish my light right now that's a good point because it is yeah is he like getting is he leaving on a high note was that that could have been because people always talk like pejoratively about suicide but sometimes could you just like maybe you just realize like I've reached the pinnacle. I've done everything I could do. And now the peak, the the the, the top, the, the precipice, the top of the mountain that is my life is this beautiful young boy masturbating. I've seen it all. <laughs> I can finally go with peace. <laughs> if you could do that for somebody, Matt, that is truly special. He was he was like really trying to keep it in his mind's eye as he drove down there. He was he was oh. like, I gotta keep it in my mind's eye. As I get out of the truck, as I go into the barn, as I get the rope, he's like, Matt's dick, Matt's dick, Matt's dick. And <laughs> then I get the I get the the chair and put it over the beam. Matt's dick, Matt's dick, Matt's dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's gotta make a make a knot, make the noose. He's gotta uh, leave like one last bowl of kibble for his old dog Jed. That's uh, that hopefully people will get to before he's like, I hope that kid after he's done comes down and checks on old Jed. It's <laughs> pretty funny. I also like to think that he was just, he was just going to probably, he was just going to commit suicide. And then just, and then, and then just, a, just one last little hassle of life. Oh God damn God. it. Can you imagine the last thing before you go? I would imagine that most people want their last things to be like perfect. And so more often than not, there must be some moment like that. Not as hilarious as what, you just described but it's fucking, fucking so cool something like that 
if if the song ironic by alanis morissette was about like things that happen to you uh on the day you're planning on committing suicide rather than right. just on a regular day mm-hmm. you know I, me masturbating is like the polar opposite of the suicide hotline <laughs> <It'll>, <laughs> I like to call it the deal clincher. <laughs> oh, it's oh, the quote of the night, baby. <laughs> yeah, that is. That is. That absolutely is. So I'm trying to think of a, like a second story because the story I had in mind was so identical to Matt's first story. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Tell him again. Yeah, no, I'm gonna. Michelle, it's it's got. I know. Not the uh, not the suicide one, the one before that. Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't that be uh, something? (laughs) I was like, wow, I have a strikingly similar story about masturbating on a (laughs) side street, and except the guy in my story shoots himself. (laughs) No, so uh, so I was. I was in my late 20s and uh, I, I was on a date with my girlfriend at the time and we're, uh, we, you know, we got, it's summer, I believe, and we have left the, left the bar. We've taken a couple of uh, cans of beer from the kitchen where somebody we knew worked and we went down to walk by the lake and we uh, took, our, took our backpacks down, uh, you know, got, got those beers out, took, took our clothes off and went into the water. Right, just like in Matt's story, <laughs> and and uh, we're we're out we're out in the water, you know, uh, uh, getting intimate, and we see two, uh, uh, we see a car go by, and we think it is a regular car, and it stops, and uh, it is two police officers, <laughs> and in my story though, I decide at that moment like they're just checking to see if somebody's out there, so if we. Uh, get like get down in the water like apocalypse now style you know up to our our noses and we turn around they will just think that we are two rocks (laughs) 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 coming out of the water smart yeah but as you said they have those uh unnecessarily bright (laughs) flashlights and Things that are dark in the, it really illuminates everything, so that you look like a big stupid idiot. <laughs> they turn those lights on, yeah. especially if you're trying to pretend that you're a rock, right? right? <laughs> so then the police are, are yelling. They're like, "Hey, you know, you uh, miscreants or whatever it is." Cops say, and so we had to slowly wade out of the water with all of our shame and whatnot and what was funny to me about that is that as we got out we could see a uh, palpable look of shock on the policemen's faces which we both understood to be oh you're adults because (laughs) i think that if you're a pair of cops driving around and you see uh, two uh, naked people in backpacks uh, next to them in the <laughs> lake, you're going to assume that it's a couple of teenagers. And uh, so we got got sent home. But getting caught by cops in the water. Oh, that's that's the if, if our listeners gain nothing from this particular podcast, it's that uh, when they turn those lights on, the water is no longer a blanket providing cover 
for your naked bodies, but rather a magnifying glass, magnifying uh, all of your all of your various uh, bobs and bits uh, for the law enforcement community. Nice. Like, have you have you ever been t- uh, at a strip club like during closing time? <laughs> when, the, when the real the fluorescent lights get turned on you're like what the fuck is this place <laughs> <laughs> this is gross <laughs> all right well i'll I'm share sure. my story of being busted it's more of a it's a land and sea kind of a busted but i know two, two of my sea well all right, Paul Revere. all right so I was hiking with my other uh, a guy, Ooh. somebody. Well, so you know that it's a person that I'm gonna be nice doing things with. Okay, first of all, mom and dad, I know you listen to this cast and you're gonna hear the story. You've never heard these stories come from me, mom and dad. So if you're listening, I'm still a good girl, not really. So we went hiking through this uh, place in Athol called Bears Den Woods. Bears Den, and it's uh, just a hiking area, woods set out with the river, the Miller's River that runs right through it. So, you know, we went for our long hike, and, you know, it was the beginning of the relationship where, you know, you're just, you know, I want to say hot for each other all the time, but, you know, you've got the attraction, the levels are like, and so I had never tried coitus outside or anywhere in public, so this was my first, uh, uh, I, I can't even talk about it, you guys. Listen to me. God, I gotta get more dirty. I'm a fucking stay out. Dirty. All right. So then we, you know, we're hiking and kept doing things like, you know, touching my butt and like we're getting touchy feely during our hike. And I'm gonna say this because you guys are talking about, I don't think you were talking directly about your private parts, but okay. And so, oh, I don't know. I'm just trying to. This is really hard. I don't know why this is so hard for me to talk about. All right. So, and then boobs. There were boobs. <laughs> Touching of boobs. Boobs were being touched. Boobs? Yes. <laughs> boobs were being touched, and that's my weakness. I'm sorry, but I have to, that's the whole reason why I even conceded to doing this. The whole reason why I was like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll have sex in the woods, but I was really nervous, and I'm like, what if somebody sees us? He's like, nobody's gonna see us. That's the thing. It's like Sunday. Nobody's around. The it's kind of cold day. outside. It's the Lord thing, yeah. So we found a spot right alongside the river because we thought it was going to be romantic or whatever, and we thought it'd be great. And I was like, I got my clothes off. I had my clothes off, but I still kept my t-shirt on. But I had like nice. no pants or anything else on. It was just a t-shirt. And we're into it. We're getting into it, and uh, we're into it. And I'm like, this isn't so bad. This isn't so bad at all. I'll. I'd do this, whatever. And then all of a sudden, we hear, yo, out from the river. And there were these kayakers. I think it was either a kayak or a canoe, just kind of pushing by. And they saw us. And they were like, yo. And I was like, oh my god. And I cried. I kind of laid there. I cried a little bit at first. But then uh, I laughed, because it was like, I'll never do this again. And you'll never have any fun with me again, because this is what happens. That was kind of. But that's not true because I did try. I, I, it opened up my world. I had sex outdoors like two weeks after that. So that was my foray. I got busted, not by cops, but by kayakers. And not really busted, but they were just like, 
hey we see you guys like celebrating the coitus that was going on across the the river so that's my tale of public coitus i've actually been uh myself i've actually been busted by kayakers and uh canoers before as well <laughs> really I've been, I've been busted in but busted is a strong word because part of because it's it's not it's not like like maybe i'll say like ooh, i hope nobody sees us when it's literally it's like i'm being ironic i want the exact opposite to be true <laughs> <laughs> yeah right everybody I was like, and then I worried. I'm like, I wonder if any of these people know my mom. And I said that. I'm like, I hope none of those people know my mom. And the guy was like, really? Like, I was so uncool for worrying about that. I'm like, look, dude, we just had sex. You finished. I can worry about things afterwards. Okay. You listen. (laughs) He was like, I hope hope they all know your mom. (laughs) That's right. Going back to what he's saying. Tell her about what happened this day. Can I share something with you guys really bad though? I guess this is like being busted on paper. I was busted on paper. I don't know Activation. if you can really call it busted. What is it? Like, <laughs> like, like, like butcher's paper? <laughs> no. No. I hope it's no. You're doing you a menage down at fucking Pulowski's or whatever the, the name <laughs> of the book is. Where did that come from? I don't know. It's a Polish fucking sausage, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. No, but like I had I had a particular encounter with a guy mm-hmm. and it was very intimate and uh woke up because we fell asleep during it. And it when we woke up we were still nice. together. Mm-hmm. And so but we I ended up breaking up with this guy like Aww. maybe a month or two later just because Aww. uh I, I thought that I I just I didn't know I didn't know. So uh, I, I felt it wasn't easy, but uh, then my whole point in this was that he wrote a letter to my house, mm-hmm. basically like how heartbroken he was, detailing this morning about in the night before, sex details, all in this letter, straight sex details. He sent it, it, it got to my house, during, like I graduated high school, I was away for graduation. That's when my mom got the letter. My mom read the letter and then she put it in the cookie jar and Wait, then I she, found the letter. She opened it or it was like a postcard? She opened it and she read it. And Can then you she put it in cookie jar. Somebody so I a postcard that's like during our night of violent and uh moist lovemaking or whatever, you know, on a postcard near what would the postcard be of? Oh, it'd be of uh like that lake, the canoers, the kayakers. <laughs> right, right, right. Makes like, sense. Remember this tree? This tree totally saw us do it. I know what you did last summer. Yeah. And so like I got home and my mom was like, I know what you did. I know what you did a couple of months ago. And I'm like, by then I was already broken up with the guy. Like, like, what did I do, Ma? She's like, is this what you do with guys? Is this what you do with boys? And I read the letter and I'm like, Ooh. Ooh. Did the letter have a black dot on it? I don't get the reference, but no. <laughs> I think that's isn't that what they put on letters when you are marked to be killed? <laughs> Is that really? I think so. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if it's a black dot. Well, maybe, but that's my story of getting busted. I was I was gonna take the easy route and tell you guys about the time instead that I got my shoulder separated, but I was like, <laughs> that, that would have fit it. <laughs> I got a dirty stay out. I gotta stick to my roots. 
That's Get right. dirty like they are. That's how we it do happens it. to me. You know, mm-hmm. we all freak out in public. We all freak out in nature. We're really letting our, our freak flags fly this episode, we aren't we? We're really. You know. Dude, we just. Yeah, dude, we're just fucking in front of a cab, dude. We don't give a fuck. Did you, <laughs> did you know that freak flag got added to the dictionary this year? Oh, did it really? Yeah. It's one word or is it two words? Well, like as a as a term, you know. Oh, a term. I, I oh it can be added as a word. term. Yeah, gotcha. like as a as a like we acknowledge that this is something that people say, you know. Now we just have to get geek flag <laughs> submitted. <laughs> it's been twenty years. They're <laughs> they're eligible. <laughs> oh God. Well, that was scintillating, hot and scintillating conversation, but folks. It was- that was some more dirty stay outs after dark. We're mm. really stay we're yeah. really staying out after dark. We're getting quite really a bit spicy. Lately. We are. Yeah. We're growing up. We're like the we're like the Britney Spears of podcasts. We started off kind of like, you know. I'm I'm not a girl, still what timid. is it? Still still not yet a woman. Is that yeah. yeah and now right. we're blossomed to these like sexy beasts, like <laughs> podcast hosts, like we're like Raging with all the sexual vitamins, I guess. And then we'll have to be uh, institutionalized to the Pasadena Psychiatric Hospital. And That's then right. we won't be able to make podcasts anymore because we'll be under our uh, dad's shady conservatorship. Yeah. Where does oh, K- Who's yeah. our K-Fed? I'm going to sign, yeah. K-Fed? I'm going to sign power of attorney over to some uh, shifty, uh, I guess. Here's in... Here I am trying to make a Britney Spears reference, and I've not—I've listened to the entirety of not one but two, Life and Times of Britney Spears podcasts, and I still don't quite have enough details to make one reference. I'm surprised I'm, I knew that many details about Britney yeah. Spears. I guess I, I'm more of a TMZ head than I am willing to admit. Sometimes, you know, tabloid. I don't like her music, but I—I I, I mean, I'm just like you, Ryan. I'm a TMZ head. I follow her, and I know what's going on with her in the news. You know. You know I like I like news? selected works from Britney Spears. I think um, uh, in the zone is top to bottom. Wonderful oh. music listening. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> 2003. Nice. Well, you're well versed. All right. Well, let's. Why don't we uh, move on to now the performance portion ride. of the evening? Ride. Rah, rah, rah. Let's ride. Oh, I think it calls for another coat of chapstick. Cookie flavored. Yeah. Unflavored black dough. Yeah. Chap up. Chap up. See, now that I do it with you guys, it bothers me less that you do it. Oh, it bothers me. It's not as entertaining. I don't know, but then you guys make weird faces. Hello, chap. <laughs> Michelle, what am I doing? Yes! I don't... Stop it. You're going to get yourself sick. Mag is licking chapstick. To the listeners who listened to the end of the last content, podcast, was cool, I was right? freaking out because I kept watching these <laughs> Two put chapsticks in every single orifice of their face. And now Matt's That's licking right. chapstick, Matthew. Well, Matt, what does it taste like? Is it that good where you can keep doing it and it's you do it for comedy? Do you hear that? No. That's me rubbing <laughs> chapstick in there. Yeah. All right, you guys, wait, wait. Double chapstick, although Ryan no, is double fisting the chapstick. Chaos. No, you didn't. <laughs> Fucking the bukkake of chapstick. Look at him taking those loads of chapstick. Oh, you man 
humanity. Oh, Ridiculous. the humanity. Yeah, Chapstick. I can't wait till the winter's over and everybody's off of Chapstick. Y'all don't Damn, wear Chapstick bro. all year long, do you? I'm just doing this for the fashion. Sense I wear Chapstick until I lose it and then I forget about it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, Chapstick. I forgot you existed. Yeah, Chapstick. Ryan, okay, now I want to dare. Now I want to dare you, Ryan. I dare you to stick both tubes of chapstick up one in each nostril. You got two Ew, nostrils. That's sick. Matthew, <laughs> don't judge me. That's, that's where I draw the line. Oh my God, right. he's fucking doing it. He's really fucking doing it. <laughs> he fucking did it. Sick yeah, fucking go Ryan, go. And Matt's just- Sanitize those. Matt's applying it, Matt's using his fingers, Matt's using the tubes, like, we, if not, will be the podcast with the best lips. We're like the hot lips podcast. I forget. Is this our performance or did I uh, hijack no. it? No. Well, <laughs> you kind of hijacked it a little, but you did it in the best way. So. <laughs> I, uh, my nostrils are so wide now. And this guy's still going with the chapstick. This motherfucker with the chapstick. I got. I have not one chap left on my entire being. Oh. Where are we now, yeah. Michelle? Does that bring well, us to? Are we topping it? Topping it off? We're topping it off tonight. Top it off, baby. Can you top me off? Thanks. Top it off. Top it off. Top me off. No. Yeah, you fill her up. Yeah, top me off a little. Hey, no, no head on my brewski. And we're here at the top three. We're topping it off with top three this evening. Top three, folks. Top three movie endings. They can be happy endings. They can be sad endings. But they're going to be the top three movie endings that your dirty stayouts, your beloved stayouts adore. So, taking it to the top of the top three. Who's going to lead us in? Who is? Boom is going to lead us in. I say it's Michelle. <laughs> I was just going to try to pull him that. And I was just uh, going to go, Ryan, sweet boy. <laughs> well. <laughs> but uh, I'll do it. All right. So my first, or my third, is uh, it's actually going to be Moonstruck. My third is <laughs> It's my favorite movie, but the ending is yeah, okay. Sense. It's okay. I like the ending. It's okay. Uh, Moonstruck third. It's a little anticlimactic because uh, so the idea of the whole movie is that she falls in love with her fiance's brother and the end of the movie finds after they become lovers, he is over at her house in the morning the next day after they go to the Met. They have this amazing evening together. He sits down and has oatmeal with her family and his brother, her fiance, finally comes to the house. So that way she can say, I'm in love with your brother, Ronnie. I've been doing it with your brother, Ronnie, Johnny. And uh, in a very uh, anticlimactic way, she gets engaged to Nicolas Cage at the end of the movie. Am I supposed to tell the ending? How deep are we supposed to go with this? Well, it's about your Spoiler favorite alert. ending, so I think That's you can, it. yeah. So it's my third favorite, and it's my third favorite because, you know, he finally, like, talks to her about being a, you know, take chances, stop stop trying to play it safe with your life. And she finally does, and she takes a chance on the wild Ronnie Camer okay. Camerari. So an ending and that sums everything up. That's kind That's of sums it. everything up. It, it sort of encapsulates the lesson. Great, great ending. 
So you're summing up everything that I'm summing up. And I think that was great, Ryan. So thank uh, you. You're welcome. <laughs> Matthew, number three, what do you got? Nice job, Ryan. Um, I'm number three. I mean, for me, this is just, I, I never had a, like a, like a, a movie, uh, uh, it's such a such a cultural cultural ending. Uh, and I was specifically there in the theater. I was right at the forefront of this, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, what?" I remember turning to Taryn Burrell, my friend, and being like, "What the hell, dude? I didn't know they could do that with movies." And that was, of course, Sixth Sense, baby. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Twist. <laughs> the, the the real introduction to of like, oh my good lord, and that's that's what really because me for endings. That will completely, I that a, a perfect ending for me will turn around a movie that frankly I don't even care about or think is boring. A movie uh, ending will completely make or break. They can if they do the wrong ending, it'll completely spoil a movie for me. I put a lot of stake on the on the ending being right for me. In Sixth Sense, that was before I knew this about myself, and th that's just something that they taught me. Just like wow, good lord. And so that's just kind of like uh, there's not particularly not such a personal pick, but just like uh, had to the predecessor for like what really set me up for giving a care about movie. That's, that's my that's my choice. Thank you. Nice. 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 I remember seeing The Sixth Sense in the theaters in uh, 1999. And as, as, <laughs> as, a, Same. as a as a segue, that is also the year that my uh, my number three comes from. And it is David Fincher's Fight Club. Yeah, of course. Yeah. One of my Definitely. favorite movies. I was just thinking about it earlier this week. The end of the movie, uh, the narrator played by Edward Norton has dissociated into Brad Pitt, during which time he has trained a bunch of domestic terrorists who, uh, by the end of the movie, have infiltrated the police. They've infiltrated the government at every level, and they are going to uh, blow up a bunch of buildings, uh, a bunch of credit card headquarters is to send everybody's credit back to zero and create a new world. And uh, Edward Norton is trying to stop them. He shoots himself in the face to kill his other personality, Brad Pitt. He uh, attempts to stop some of the destruction. And as uh, Helena Bonham Carter reaches the top floor, uh, he, the two of them watch all of the skyscrapers containing the credit card companies uh, explode and blow to the ground. It's it's action-packed, it's romantic, it's nihilistic, and it is uh, anti-capitalism. So uh, I love that one. That's my yes. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, the perfect ending. Just perfect movie, perfect, perfect ending. You know? That exactly, yes, yes. yeah. That that is that that gets the Matthew seal of approval. <laughs> so good. Demolition. I want a seal of approval on mine. Now I feel like mine aren't as good. That's or what so happens far. when you favor others. <laughs> oh, oh, do you guys hear that? What's that? Or or that's the seal of approval. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have another mackerel. Oh boy, <laughs> another mackerel. Holy mackerel! This guy gets it. All right. Well, let's see if let's see if you can pick a movie with a really cool ending, Michelle, for number two. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Dejected. I don't know. So the movie I it's a movie that I just watched. It's a new movie that I just watched uh, like a month ago on Netflix called Mr. Right, and it's huh. this really 
Have you seen it? I don't. I, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if I have. I feel like I have, but it's with Anna Kendrick and it's with uh, Sam Rockwell. And oh. essentially, Sam Rockwell is a uh, hitman, but he works the opposite way. So kind of like Dexter, only kills hmm. bad people. Sam Rockwell is a hitman who kills the people who put hits on people because murder is wrong. So Anna Kendrick is this other character who's her own person. She's just very quirky and all that. And they meet and they fall in love and he's like very cool and very like kind of like magical. They have, he has this sense where both of them in the universe, they can sense like the flow of the universe and they can throw knives at each other without hitting each other. I mean, talk about love, right? So the reason why this is my favorite, that's a dream. The reason why this is my favorite ending is, but essentially what happens is she finds out what he does and then she, you know, leaves him or not leaves him, but gets turned off. So it becomes like a, there's like a romance element to it. But then there's also this cool action element to where she gets kidnapped by the bad guys and he has to go find her. So he like shows up and he just like, and both of them, because he trained her, they both take care of like all these bad guys in this big house. And at the end of it, my favorite part is it shows where they are after and they become hit people together. So like they're dining together and you see him lift up a sign that says, where's the girl? And there's this hitman hiding in the bushes while they're at this cafe. And she gets up and she finds him. The last scene is you see him, you see her pointing a gun at him and that's it. They become hitmen together, hit people together. Nice. I don't know why I like it. I like it. Hey, you like it. What can I, what can we say? That's all I can say about any of this, Matt. I don't know if it's good. I just like it. Yeah, sure. Of course. That'll do. Hey, you guys like, yeah, yeah. She's got great taste in movies. Sure. Who are we going to replace her next on the podcast? <laughs> some, uh, some, um, uh, who would you replace me with? Are you thinking um, about this? Uh, I guess I would, if Beyonce Knowles came knocking on our door. And that's understandable. I move out to the, the left. To the left. Put all your podcasts and equipment in, in the box to the left. All right, this is this Don't is you dump. ever for a second dump. get to thinking. All right. Irreplaceable. Okay, so you okay. guys, would you be curious and wonder in finding out what my number two selection is for best? I've been movie dying to know. Yeah. All right, you guys. This is a little movie, and this is pretty much the 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 epitome of the ending making the movie uh, uh, for me. This movie is called uh, A Ghost Story. Uh, Casey Affleck joined from a couple years ago. And pretty much this whole movie is just, a lot of people would say this movie is straight up boring because it really is just shows Casey Affleck <laughs> Pretty much as a like existing as a ghost <laughs> or some, I don't, we don't even know if it's him but it, I, i'm trying to remember but it's just like it shows all this just this long just like one shot of just like this ghost standing like in this area over time and they show this late they show what's his face um i can't remember uh, what's his face for movies eating this pie like in real time like a 15 minute scene of somebody just <laughs> devouring a whole pie what kind and of pie? it's just so i want to say it's, it's thank you for asking i want to say it's strawberry rhubarb or it could mm. be cherry something like that and the movie is plotting and so slow and I, I remember watching it being like, huh, this is like very slow and very long. And then 
the the reveal at the end the the ghost or Casey Affleck he just reaches into the and he sees like in this floorboard like another version of him left like a note for himself and he reads the note and only in whatever is said on the note that he left for himself he is set free and no longer needs to be a ghost for all eternity and for me it is so perfect because for if you know anything about matthew he loves an interpretive ending he loves a vague ending and he does not like it to be all wrapped up or spelled out he wants it to be like a hard cut right at like a last scene he doesn't want that like follow-up scene of like ah then this happened and it's like just sort of like that slow nothing anticlimactic and for me it is just and the fact that i was practically bored to death leading up to that and then that being part of like that was like so necessary and like only now with like the reveal is like the whole movie it like works perfect for me in hindsight even though going through it i was like this is kind of this is kind of the worst but for me that is um that that's such a quintessential matthew ending and um so Jeez. that is uh very kind yeah. <laughs> of is it is there an aspect where you like that ending because it's almost like an affront to the audience because sometimes in a movie i will like when a movie is clearly like hey audience you want some resolution you want to know what happened to these uh characters that you've grown to care about fuck you you know or, or is it right. just that you genuinely unironically think that that's like a, a good ending i actually yeah i actually unironically because it, it, it frustrates me because a lot of the endings i like are the kind of endings that really put that just really irritate people i don't mm -hmm. i think this ending i i don't know this movie i this would be a movie i would really be hard pressed like i would never go out of my way and like recommend this movie to somebody um because there was what was that movie with the lobster and the whatever the you know what i'm talking about where it's like that movie i feel like was the la uh the last movie where it's like it had just the ending where what's his face was like was he gonna gouge out his eyes or was he not gonna gouge out his eyes do you guys know what i'm talking about i something think in you, the, the, the I something in the lobster <laughs> the is lobster that, and the something <laughs> is that the squid and the whale uh that's that's what that's the name i kept getting it mixed up did uh, i because there's also a movie called the lobster which i think is a yes. joaquin phoenix movie Okay, that is, I think I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to put another animal in the, it's just the lobster, right? There's a lot yeah. of crustaceans For some going, reason I'm trying to... going on in the. Mm -hmm. Squid and the Whale. Who is that? What is that? A Noah Baumbach joint? Squid <laughs> and the Whale, 2005? <laughs> no, Jesse Eisenberg's in that, and it's... Uh, I like that movie. Oh, I like that Squid and Michelle, whale. when you were talking about Mr. Right, I for sure thought you were talking about the movie Mr. Wrong with Bill <laughs> Pullman and Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> okay, that's, okay, that's, that's exactly hilarious. what I was, yeah. That's, that's why hilarious. it rang a bell to me. That's precisely and what I was thinking The cool too. thing about Mr. Wrong is that watching it today, it's, uh, you know, Ellen DeGeneres and Bill Pullman are, they're not working out and they're not, things are, not, you know, they can't get a hold on their chemistry. And when you watch it, with today's eyes, you're like, it's all right, Bill Pullman. It's because she's gay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not you, Bill. There's a it's subtext. Me, it's just right. life. Who's, who's up next? Could it be Ryan? My number two is a little movie called Night of the Living Dead. Oh, smart. 
And uh, this is a movie where zombies are taking over the world. Uh, all the main characters are barricaded inside of a house. There's a bunch of characters. They're trying to keep the zombies out. They're doing all they can at the end of the movie. They've killed all the zombies. They've survived through the night. The uh, main character has, has, has saved the day. And as he goes to exit, they see people coming and they're like, we're finally saved from the zombies. And uh, the, the townspeople see the, the protagonist who's a, a black man. Uh, and it's unclear in the end of the movie whether they shoot him because they think he's a zombie or just because he's a black guy and it's 1964. And it, this wow. movie takes you on such a, a emotional roller coaster ride. And then right at the end, when you think it's the resolution, you think they're finally safe. Uh, bam, racism is the true monster. And, and the movie's just over and uh, gives you no resolution. No, you get to know somebody, you go along with their their comings and goings, you know, their, their, their successes or your successes and so forth. And then uh, bam, bullets all over. So I, I, I like that because yeah. it uh, almost the whole movie manages to just be a horror movie. And, and then sort of like uh, The Sixth Sense, where at the end you're like, oh, there was a lot of sociological and stuff satire going on and i thought i was just watching uh people eating the flesh of other people rising from the grave and so forth so good that cool. that kind of an ending gets the matthew woodland seal of approval my friends er, er. Here, have i have not have once a gotten a seal of approval on any of my endings well you got one more chance yeah one last chance opportunity knocks once in a lifetime you gotta move yourself to the music the moment Oh my God! Mom's spaghetti. There you go. Okay. Number one, Michelle, you got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> All right. Oh, I can't wait till we do our dares. I cannot wait until it's truth or dare time. Oh, I the schlongs are gonna be fucking. Uh. <laughs> fucking making those tears. I included. I'm falling. <laughs> Okay, my number one uh, is the very first black and white movie I ever watched, and it's The Little Princess with Shirley Temple. Oh, and the reason why I like this, the ending to this, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have seen it before, um, but essentially, I don't think I have. No. Okay, so basically, what happens is Shirley Temple's father, uh, they believe that he is killed in World War II, mm -hmm. and so Shirley Temple is basically um, brought to this orphanage. But I don't know if it's an orphanage or an all-girls school. I think it's all, I think it's a private girls' school because there are like uh, richer in the movie. There's you know wealthier looking younger you know girls her age there. But the idea is she goes to this school and they basically treat her horribly because she's an orphan. They keep her uh, locked up in one of the top small rooms. They make her clean. Like it's it's kind of like a not really a Cinderella story. I don't want to say, but she's basically tortured by the school marm and you know, all the other girls. Uh, the only one that's nice to her is uh, the gentleman who's, I don't know who he is. I, the only reference I can make is like, if you've ever seen Annie uh, Punjab, the guy who plays Punjab, mm -hmm. he does, he's that kind of exact same character basically in The Little Princess. But the reason why I like the end of the movie is she's so convinced that her father's dead that they get all of a sudden news that this guy actually might still be alive and she gets out somehow and she runs to the hospital where she believes that he is. And they're like, no, no, you know, 
he's not here. He's not alive. He's dead. And so she just starts crying because all of a sudden all her hopes were up. Now they're down. And then all of a sudden you hear a guy go, Sarah, Sarah. And it's her father in a wheelchair with like a blindfold because he got his eyes blown, blown out in the war. Wow. So he's blind and he is actually still alive. And so Shirley Temple, you never want to see cry because she's the most adorable little thing uh, on screen. But then when she sees her daddy, it's just like so genuine. She goes over, she hugs him and they're crying and they're just snuggling. And it's just like that moment of like reuniting of, you know, that all of her, everything that she went through at this school was just done. Like the torture, everything, like you feel good for her because she's finally happy again. And that's it. I like it because I like the ending that she, you know, was able to be reunited with a dad. That's my ending for number nice. one. Thanks, well, Ryan. Michelle, I've got a piece of good news for you. You have just received. Oh boy. Oh my God. A highly coveted award. What is known it, by one name and one name alone, and it is the Woodland Seal of Approval. Woo! Congratulations. Another, here, here's another mackerel boy. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't feel uh, like it was earned. So begrudging. <laughs> oh, good lord! Is it Matthew's turn for number one? It's time for Matthew's number, number one. one. Yeah. All right, you guys. This number one. I have this. This is this movie. This ending literally has been the only movie that take it brings matthew i tre i tremble throughout the movie on on rewatches of the movie i tremble in certain things in anticipation for the ending uh, this is the only movie that has actually gotten me to burst out into tears like i've heard about like you know you get like a tear rolling down your eye at the end like this and that this movie mm -hmm. has struck such an emotional chord with me for whatever reason because oftentimes I'll tell people this movie, they'll be like, really? You felt all this over this fucking dumb idiot movie? I'm like, guys, I don't fucking want to talk about it. Don't worry about it. But the ending to uh, a movie known as La La Land. Really? <laughs> kills, kills me to no, to no end. There's something hmm. about, it was a perfect, a perfect marriage of like, the, the, the non-literal and metaphorical of the musical aspect of it with uh, the themes, the very the similar to Casablanca themes of like loving somebody so much that you pretty much let them go and like let and just allow them to be to live the best version of their life. And then just the musical scene of like when what's his face wanders into the jazz club at the end and then sees what's his face playing the piano. I'm sorry, I don't have details, but um, playing the piano. And then they pretty much just like they just show that like the the musical number of if if life like of making different decisions in life and just showing the whole trajectory of how life could be so wildly different in that moment from just like a simple like thing it kills me talking about it right now is literally like it's 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 i've never been just so incredibly emotionally just like riveted it's not even like it's not like an enjoyable feeling exactly mm. it's just like uh it's only it's just like it just it just it just agitates whatever like complete and utter vulnerability I have at that moment that it's like 
just like completely like swept up and taken away in a movie and it's slightly embarrassing that i have to say it's because it's like i have trouble defending la la land in a lot of ways because for kind of obvious reasons it's just like it's like you know do you want to watch a movie where ryan gosling is like singing off key <laughs> um but it's um for me it's like with that ending it is just like i've never i've just never been so emotionally affected by an ending and i and sometimes i try to break down like all right why was i so riveted but there's just mm -hmm. something for me it's like a very personal specific marriage of just um the theme with the being depicted in a slightly, slightly, slightly sort of vague, like, you know, metaphorical vague way and slightly interpretive and this and that. It's just, it's so perfect for me. And that's why I got to say it's La La Land, baby. That's cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. You get Michelle Tellerico's <gasps> thumbs up. Good job, Matt. <laughs> Is that from oh, an uh, I made accredited? the seal noise. Prematurely. institution. Yeah. Well, I can't steal the seal of approval. That's your thing, man. I'm going to have to go back and edit a, a thumb sound over, <laughs> over where I made the seal sound. Cool. Wait, do, do it again and I'll do a sound effect. <laughs> thumb sound. Thumb. <laughs> Brilliant. That's what Brilliant. a thumb says. That's right. <laughs> it's been a while. That's what it's. Ah! <clears throat> No, we don't do that anymore on this podcast. What's up? Uh, there's, there's no need to yell at us. Yeah, it's no been a while. We do the Pee Wee Herman thing. Podcast voice, please. Six oh inches. God, what is this? I have Where trouble. Am I right now? I have trouble remembering our reoccurring uh, things from podcast to podcast. It depends. As far as I'm concerned, this is like 51st podcast. Every podcast is. <laughs> I have. The the one embarrassing thing going back and listening to the podcast, not to be too tangential, because I know we're all on pins and needles for Ryan's number one, but listening oh. to the podcast, um, the the just realizing how many times I use the same references over and over and over, again, it's hilarious. Ah, speaking of hilarious, Rye Dog, what is your top three number one best movie endings? Pray tell. My uh, my number one uh, movie ending is from uh a 1995 film called kids oh, <laughs> oh wow <laughs> yeah. wow and uh this is something that yes. i always this is just endings in general that guy uh shakespeare really had it because <gasps> you want to make a good movie you kill off all your characters yeah <laughs> you want to make an amazing ending you let your audience know that your characters are all fatally infected, but do not. I, despite uh, what a intense movie kids is, you expect that it might still have some kind of happy ending, or at least you can expect that there's somebody in this story that's not gonna contract AIDS. But it's at the end of the movie where, uh, uh, the I can't remember the actor that plays Casper, who's the the uh, guy who who's uh, pretty much the last person in the in the movie to get AIDS, and then at the movie uh, at the end, there you go. Everybody everybody is worse off. Uh, everybody's everybody's gonna die. It's uh it's like a nice uh, resolution, you know. I uh, I uh, heartily agree. 
I would say, Ryan, I don't think Ryan's had one ending that doesn't involve all, everybody, 100% death toll. <laughs> 100% body count. Well, I mean, what do you want? I'm going to set up a, a sequel or something? Come on. I mean, no, I right. would argue that story has been, like, really corrupted by the idea that we want to have sequels and that we want to have franchises. And, you know, you get a lot of sour. You can't kill off your main characters. You can't kill everybody uh in, in new and interesting creative ways when really i think we know that that's what cinema is all about that's right that's true i i heartily agree and i apply sir i applaud your list is uh could easily be my top three list that is those are my those are my kinds of endings baby i love it i got the seal you got the seal got, baby all three times you got that seal yeah you really did I'm gonna yeah, put them up right on my on my bedroom wall so that I can. The, that seal is gonna be the first thing that I see when I wake up in the morning, and the last thing I see at night. Wow! Sign seal delivered, baby. Nice. <sighs> well, gentlemen. That was that was another uh, riveting, wonderful, thought-provoking episode. And there's there's only one thing left. What that is? What it is, man? Oh, I was gonna put uh, on more chapstick. Oh, because uh, you're uh, oh, it now. Chap- oh no. Okay, chap. Stop, chap- stop eating it, Matthew. Michelle, what am I chapstick. doing? Chap- you're eating chapstick. You're Michelle, eating chapstick. Ryan's the only one using it responsibly. What am I doing? Matthew, I can't see you, Matthew. You're in the corner. All I see is Ryan. Matt, what are you eating it? Yeah. Ryan is being responsible with it. You are licking it. I think I've gone smell numb to my chapstick, actually. Matt, oh, yeah. I mean, you put both tubes up your nose. Yeah, but I I put the the other sides up there, not the applicators. Okay. Okay. The applicators. What is it? Uh, What is that? What is What is it? Matthew, you need to start getting flavored chapstick if you're going to start running across your tongue like that. You're making Michelle. love to the chapstick, Matt. That's what you're what doing. Am doing. What am I doing? <laughs> he's he's creating a watertight seal, like a membrane around his tongue. Ew. So, so that <laughs> Matthew. What am I, Michelle? What am I doing? He could eat the hottest peppers I don't know. What in the world. Get to the camera so I can see it more. Have his taste buds completely what am I doing? protected. <laughs> By the Michelle, what am I doing? Thick, you're gonna clammy. get sick, dude. What am I doing? <laughs> you're gonna... No, that's what Matthew, fashion models. He's, do. Oh, he's that looking. One, he's oh, looking. that one grossed me out. That one grossed you out? He's I cro- obsessively. I crossed I cross my own boundary. You're supposed don't to use Vaseline on your teeth, bro. That's gross. That's so gross. That's that what... nowhere near your lips or your teeth. That's don't you so ever gross. watch Toddlers and Tiaras, Michelle? No, I don't. All right. Homework for next week. <laughs> really? Right. Now let's no. Let's, uh... <laughs> Damn it, Ryan! The gullible Michelle! I apologize. Don't apologize. You're wonderful. I'll watch it anyways. I gotta be me! Yeah! This is a wonderful, fun-filled evening full of, uh, chapstick and, uh, uh, and more. Let's... Indeed. This, this one's called On a Pond of Chapstick. <laughs> I know. Here's here's looking at you, kid. (laughs) And the two. And.